between Lila and Alucard that I, I was really into because she was going to like fuck her captain. Oh, yeah. And then it yeah. got tra- and then it got transferred on to Rhi and it got even better. Even I think. hotter. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he tells the prince that he belongs to him. And I was like, that's a. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Captain, my captain. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, Captain, oh my, my captain. Okay, Alucard says something like, because Lila's like, well, I'm not going to call you master. And he was like, oh, Saints, no, that hasn't, that doesn't have any place except in the bedroom. Yeah, that was like a little, that was like a little drop. Yeah. Out of nowhere, like like it was kind of. Like we knew you were a dom, Alucard. That was. Welcome back. This is In Bed With Books with your hosts, Bethany. And Melissa. And we are back with our special guest, Taylin. Hello. Hi there. <laughs> um, we are covering a Gathering of Shadows, which is the second in the V.E. Schwab Darker Shades series. And I kind of raced through this one. And it was... <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of an understatement of the year, but I, I, I read it pretty, I read the last half pretty, pretty fast, but there was a lot going on with like the, how do you pronounce it? The, but it was like the tournament. Essentosh. Essentosh. Oh, that's what I I was pronouncing it. How are you saying? See, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my this is why they need like a phonetics page. How did you say it? Essentosh. See, I, that's what I, I went back and forth only because it's got the S-C-H. Yeah. That so would make what, sense. That's why I went into Tosh. Yeah. I did talk because it was just easier in my brain. It was faster. Yeah. I think there were points when I was reading and I was just like S and tack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Full American at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were points at the beginning where it felt similar to book one where it was like, Okay, so when are we going to get to what the actual, like, plot is? Because, like, in book one, I didn't really get to that until chapter, what was, like, chapter two, when we, or chapter, end of chapter two, when the two actually meet. Uh-huh. And so this time around, it was like, okay, so we know what they've been doing for the last four months, but what's happening? Like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, I really liked the beginning. Like, I just really liked how, like, Lila was graduating so i literally wrote in the book from like a thief to like an advanced swindler like she she becomes Uh, like almost a con a con lady yeah con artist i just love like you were saying last week taylin about how like schwab gets like cinematic with like her um with her writing and i really felt like that in the first scene she's just tied up to this like sinking boat just like yeah yeah and then you're like, oh, she like conned them all. And like, not just a, a con artist, uh, an actual like myth at this point. Mm-hmm. With yeah. Like folklore song. The yes. The sorrows. Like she's literally gaining mythic status right now. Like, I love that it was also like the ship that she's moved on to that have like mythologized her like this. They're just so scared of her. <laughs> As they should be. Yeah, they should be. 
kind of going back to like the the parallels that we get with everybody or I guess specifically with Lila and Cal throughout the stuff that like this book starts with Lila instead of Cal right her opener was so much more exciting oh, than yeah. Cal's like Cal's opener was that he had a nice jacket which <laughs> granted it's like a great jacket but like the first line for her I mean I, I just love this Delilah Bard had a way of finding trouble <laughs> as she's like like you said Bethany, like as she's sinking on a boat with her hands tied yeah thinking about all the ways how she's gonna pull off not only taking out an entire crew of men um but also convincing the you know her current crew that you know that she is this like incredible kind of mythic figure yeah <laughs> It's also, she's come a long way since being scared of taking on like three guys in yeah. book one, two. Oh, absolutely. Like, not being scared at the prospect of about 15 men. Yeah. Just whistling while she does it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it's so true. Like Kel, yeah, clearly never had to struggle, right? And um, additionally, never really had like, yeah, much of a kind of, not much of when you don't really have to struggle you're not as interesting i guess in in this context because he's <laughs> all he has to talk about is his coat whereas yeah. lila's like hmm what do i pick what story do i choose like yeah how about taking out an entire crew <laughs> yeah <laughs> this like Bad notorious out. group of pirates yeah seriously and i love how the captain was like no nah, i you know like was it the captain who was like, oh, we'll just leave him alive because, you know, it makes the sea life more interesting, you know? Yes. You never yeah. know who's going to come back to get revenge on me. I like the thrill of that. Alucard has my heart. So right? I, I'm in love with it. So I was like, I like messaged you and I was like, I want to fuck Alucard. And you were like, shut up. I haven't started the book yet. <laughs> oh. And then literally like later that night, I was like, I too would like to fuck Alucard. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's definitely your type. Um, not to like detract from any current thoughts, but when, when him and Ree finally meet back up and he has that line where he's like, so you confess it then you belong to me. I like closed the book. I was oh. like, I can't read past that part right now. I just need that to settle. Yeah. I need to like catch my breath, <laughs> like one single line. And I was having like a fucking asthma. <laughs> I also kind of liked Holland a little bit. Yes. He sounded really sexy. Really? Yeah. Cause they were like, he's like really attractive and healthy and like, he had like a jawline. <laughs> Yeah, healthy. Like, I mean, <laughs> it helps that we see it all through. How do you say our names? O Oika, Okia, Ochka, Ochka. That Ochka. sounds right. That sounds like that's yeah. I mean, see it all that. from her point of view, and she's so in love with him that you can't help but love him a little bit more. I stand by. I'm I'm still a Holland stan. Yeah, I mean, I just was like, oh, okay, and then I was excited because he was like ruling White London. So someone got to rule white London, I guess. And then you find out why. Yes. And then you realize it's not just Holland in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope. that was, I feel bad. But when we get like the background on how that happened, I'm like, you kind of did it to yourself. Oh, rough. <laughs> yeah. He even says it as he's standing there, like with this ultimatum and he's like, did I just escape one binding to run into another? Mm -hmm. Like, kind of, yes. dude. Yeah. Yes. 
you didn't really consent the first time, so I'll give you a pass on that one. But this time is kind of on you. Yeah. And kind of parallel too to like Re and Kel's situation with their binding. Like, yeah. Speaking of parallels, you know. Yeah, for sure. I had a I had a big problem with that. I'm still not sure how I feel about Re. I don't hate him. I can say that. I know for sure that I don't hate him. Well, that's good. Jeez. <laughs> It takes a long time to win your trust. <laughs> yes, it does. But there's still times when like, he just says kind of passive comments almost where he's like, oh, more responsibility, more power, which is the right choice. Cause he's talking about like being King or being an ordinary, ordinary man. And he has to choose right. And I'm like, your relationship to power is making me very hard to like you. Explain. I don't, I don't trust him. Really? Really. I'm, we kind of talked about how he was like a red herring in book one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I don't dislike him. I just don't trust him. And so like I enjoy his scenes and everything. But he hid, he like hides things from Kel. And But wouldn't you hide something from Kel if you were like bound well, to them? Like, yeah, I think, I think it's more I about mean, his relationship. Privacy. But the thing is like... I think it's more about his relationship with Kel that is making him kind of a weird... Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't he's pretty. He's pretty with that. He's pretty one note in the first like book. You you cannot like him. I think like in the first book he was very like yeah like one note, and I think like with him and Kel, it like to me it like came out as like he didn't consent to like this yeah. being bound, and so there's like yeah. there's like some tension there. I definitely like understand his reactions to that because he's like basically become an alcoholic he's struggling he's kind of addicted to that sleeping tonic and stuff and that all makes sense I I mean I don't fault him for that but his like his need for strength and like viewing magic as strength is what fucked him over the first time and he acknowledges that at the same time that he's still saying that he needs power and I don't trust that. So, hmm. <laughs> Melissa, Melissa doesn't like misused power. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I love you it. really don't. <laughs> for good reason, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's that perfectly valid. But he's also not the only one that I've got a problem. I wanted to slap like half the characters during this whole thing because the very obvious one is like Lila thinking that she can just join this tournament for the most renowned magicians in their world and just kind of like con her way in and what kills me and so i get why kel like threw a fit and ran off what kills me is that it worked yeah (laughs) and that she doesn't get caught and she gets away with it and so yeah kel has that line where he's like am i the only one who has consequences around here and i was like yeah there's that like oh that hurt yeah there's definitely a certain kind of arrogance that she has Yes. about it that I'm like why does she need to do this who yeah. is she like obviously she has something to prove to herself or whatever mm-hmm. but like to me it was just like okay you're gonna knock this guy out send him on his way and like kind of almost like ruin his chances yeah. in life she's just like hoping he makes it back okay yeah just because you want to see if you can do it which is it just seemed very selfish to me and also just kind of like coming in really late being like oh I, I must speak a name and it's like yeah you missed your chance girl like yeah. <laughs> try next, next year. year yeah next yeah, three years exactly but I 
I felt like she didn't have a good enough reason to do that. Agreed. She needed a better reason because I understand the device. Like you want to get her and Kel like fighting and yes, stuff and being yeah. like, oh my God, it's them. I marked their fight scene as like a sex scene. Basically. <laughs> it was just foreplay. It was uh, why I thought Melissa would like this book so much. Was <laughs> specifically and only because of the fight scene. Because it I was, just know, <laughs> I know you. It was really good. I mean, I do love really well written fight scenes. So for that, I love this book. Um, I felt like it just took a little while to take off. It did. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about arrogance. Lila little, literally thinks that she can move the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> There's a line that she has, because when they first make it to red London, she's still kind of on the fence. She's like, if I get the opportunity, then I'll do it. And so there's a point when she's at Kala's stand and she finds out they're having a dance or something, or she like wants to find a way into the, the palace because she needs to see Cal because they're star cross lovers and I love them so much and they're soulmates. <laughs> um, but her defense, she says, well, the easiest way to like get into the castle is if I con my way into the tournament and then have to go for the balls and the dances that they have. And I'm like, you could walk in and just say, I'm here to tell. And he would, he would welcome you with open arms. Yeah. Like what are you? Yeah, exactly. He ran across the night market. He just thinks she has to like sneak her way in. Like, I know. And I was like, that's the worst possible defense for what you're about to do. But that dancing was was absolutely a sex scene, right? Did I remember that right? That was where they had sex. No, they I made out. <laughs> right on there on the dance floor. Isn't that what you read? <laughs> what I read. <laughs> so she has this line. It's when they're like finally dancing. And so he's like grabbed her, like pulled her up against him. And she's thinking, was it normal? If magic coursed through everyone and everything, was this what it, what it felt like when it found itself again? Like, mm. you're not, <laughs> how are you guys not just constantly having sex? Right. If this is how it feels just to touch each other. Yeah. A, a little, yeah, a little disappointing. They should be. That's why <laughs> I imagined in my head that they were instead of <laughs> just making out. <laughs> it's vague. I, I could see it as a possible sex scene that they just don't say sex. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely like, it, that's what's interesting about this is it's an adult mm -hmm. fantasy. And, and I can kind of see why, like, there's the F word and there's definitely, yeah. like, hints at sex and stuff. And I guess there's a sex scene in the third book, as Melissa has so conveniently researched for me. Maybe. Uh, Chris, can confirm. Can Research confirm. myself as well. Can I mean, confirm. You don't want me to talk about it, right? Like, in a no. vague way? Okay. No. I need to experience that. Yeah, myself. Melissa doesn't okay. like spoilers. I learned. No, I don't. And I'm really hard at keeping them. Oh, like, like I'm really bad. Poor Melissa. On so, both sides. I think I ruined. Future. I think I ruined a quarter thorns and roses for her. So <laughs> the series. I mean, that one's the internet ruined that one for me. Yeah, so the fine. internet. Melissa, how did you look that up on the internet without getting spoilers? <laughs> I went to like websites that were not like wikis or like fan pages. It was really just like a a review of it. So it was vague enough that I was able to Good. do it. I did spoil the whole like re Alucard relationship for myself by accident, oh. complete accident. I was just looking for fan art for like a post or something. 
and I saw <laughs> yeah. in like his like bio like current relationship remarriage and I was like fuck me <laughs> like, I tried so hard to avoid yeah. this nope fan fan art will get you yeah. god yeah that oh yeah I mean, she's really, V.E. Schwab is really making us wait for it. She's, I know. She's, the whole book is just the slow one, burn. Just one big foreplay, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, um, honestly, it makes more sense for them not to have sex right away. Like, yeah. it's more believable this way. Yeah. I just like, we, well, you thought, like, her it. And, you thought her and Alucard were. I thought they were going to fight. Right? Yeah. They were sharing a room. I mean, and then later on, like, you realize, oh, like, then then he makes a move to get like more information from her and then you're like Mm -hmm. oh so they haven't yet you know like and she's kind of prudish about it and i don't mean that in a bad way but like her reaction she's all like flushed and she gets all flustered and she runs off i'm like have you ever been kissed before i don't i don't think it's the the writing and the author doesn't seem to make that like very important known to us so i'm like yeah so so you're just kind of like reading it and you're like learning this right you're like oh like i don't think we do know what her sexual history is and also the yeah the way that she reacts is kind of like indicative of that like oh okay maybe she hasn't been in a position to blush before yes which again makes it more believable but she's been in a she's been in a rapey position definitely different i think Um, it's kind of like a power thing like with alucard i think like he is more her equal than cal is yeah like she is clearly the dom in the relationship with cal like Mm -hmm. cal's just like you know i love her he's a puppy he's a puppy he thinks he's not a heart but he is and yeah cal's kinky (laughs) remember (laughs) the when he was like tied up oh Oh, yeah yeah or was he that was or is she the kinky sub. one i don't know like, i think sub. yeah here's the thing not he that it matters it. not that their sexual history matters but like i fully buy that kel has been around the block because he's because he's been with reed <laughs> yeah, like, he, he's definitely got laid by his wingman not by his wingman but like you know <laughs> with but like with his help yeah. help from his wingman yes. thank you <laughs> um but then there's like you said like the power dynamic i think power is really important to lila yes and so that's why she's taking it so slow especially with like the situation with cal she kind of plays cat and mouse with him but she just wants to know that he's not gonna try to have power over her yes which is kind of yeah oh no go ahead ahead. i was gonna say on the balcony scene which i did just read a little bit of um he's like why don't you just stay with me and she counters she's like why don't you come with me yeah yeah which is the better that. option that is the better option it is. Yeah. especially with how shitty his parents are i know he's gonna have so much more fun if he goes with her yeah he thinks he's just tied down he thinks he has to protect the prince yeah which arguably not being in the main city would be more protecting mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like we had a good start on the main characters, so let's break into some of these new ones. Okay. Because um, we we got to see more of the king and queen this time, and I hate them. <laughs> right? They suck. The king literally says he's punishing Kel to punish Ree. 
And like, if that isn't the most fucked up parenting thing to do. As if they don't have enough pitted against them already being connected, like emotionally and physically, basically. And even before that, they were super jealous of each other. Yeah. I don't know if that's, is that public knowledge there? I think it's only a few people know, right? Yeah. Like, I think Tyrion knows and Lila knows, but. And then probably like select members of the Royal Guard, but that's it. Yeah, the. The, they keep changing because <laughs> yeah. die and then <laughs> hmm, mysterious yeah. um, but before then because Kel is like jealous that Marie just knows how to handle the public eye and that he like thrives in it and then Marie is jealous that Kel has so much magic yeah mm-hmm. like they already have this very large part of each other that they're jealous of that you don't need to further fan the flames no plus now i'm gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna get angry what <laughs> no I'm, the king just really bothers me well i was gonna say like literally telling kel to just stay in the castle and not take part in the games like telling him what to do is gonna have the opposite effect i yeah. mean kel's plus not he's... gonna yeah he's, he's not 20 wacky. years old yeah he's not just gonna sit there yeah twiddle his thumbs and then they double down in this book on the whole like our son my son not your brother they they literally then treat him like a prisoner yeah which is like two colors came out yeah exactly yes. i was like okay like they're never gonna like it mm-hmm. was fine yeah. to it's very like a jane austen novel in a way or something like we'll allow you in the in the like in the classroom you can learn alongside our son you can pretend to be an equal but we all mm-hmm. know you're not bitch like mansfield park yeah. exactly yeah. when like <laughs> she's like not really an equal except yeah. to the guy she falls she, in love with she yeah. just lives in the attic <laughs> yeah <laughs> like kel go to the kel. attic <laughs> yeah yeah go to your room your room like uh, when he's no longer like proving because his reputation has gone down as we can yeah. see so much in this book like mm-hmm. among the people in the city so he's his He's no longer like proving to be useful to yeah. the royal family outside of the fact that he is inextricably linked to their son now. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I and think the fact that like there's no one else that can do what he can do. And yeah, so he's and no that... longer a person. He is now just this messenger and just the person who they have to protect to protect Ree. They don't protect him to protect Kel. They no. protect him to protect the the prince. Yeah, it seems like they're using him to use them to their own advantage in whatever situation they need to to whether it's to convince Reed to do something or to protect Reed. What it's always about Reed though. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's never and it kind of it sucks for for Cal. Like I really feel like he gets the short stick in this book. Like you, yeah, you could just see that. Like even though I, what I like is he doesn't really seem like the chosen one like a classic figure, like a Harry Potter figure yeah. in this book. Like, yes, we know he's special because he's Antari and he's, you know, there's supposedly not many like him mm-hmm. aside him in Holland, but like you can and, at least, and Lila. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you guys knew that, right? That wasn't in the, yeah, book. that was in this okay. book. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I yeah. got so stressed out. I was oh, like, no, no, don't. no, I was like, that was no we found out, we find out in this book. <laughs> Yeah, I'm testing you, Taylor, you fast. Oh, God, like, she's Gold testing star. me. I didn't spoil it. Thank God. 
I mean, I kind of had a, I yes. kind of had a hint that they yes, were. Yes, gonna... right. So like, yeah. I feel like that's been building for sure since the first book. Yeah. But they created like the perfect environment. They, sorry, like V.E. Schwab created this perfect like buildup to Ochka, like conning him into leaving. Oh yeah. Because he's walking in the garden and I was like, if she walks up to him right now, he's going without question. Mm-hmm. And I think what's frustrating too, because we had just seen him run off to Grey London. And then we saw the fallout of that with the, like the King and the Queen's reactions. Mm-hmm. So knowing that when he gets back, he's going to be blamed. And the whole city falling. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not, he's not going to, his, his, his parents aren't going to give a shit. No. They're not going to see the role that they played in this, this con. Can I bring so up another then. really fun dynamic? Yes. <laughs> Rhea and Alucard. I was so excited about it. I, I was know, kind of, right? It was so fun. I, it was so fun. And I was kind of like, ooh, Kel has beef. I wonder why. And it was just like, <laughs> yes. I was very happy about it. I kind of want them to like rule Red London together. Oh, yes. That would be so cute. <laughs> it would. I'm suspicious of anything Taylor says. What? Stop. <laughs> Come on, you guys. I know. I'm like, ooh, is she giving like, Trying to like read just like, her eyes. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I love their dynamic. I think, because you're right, Alucard is very similar to Lila. And so it's funny because like we've got Lila and Kel yeah. that are going to definitely, and then you've got Rhee and Alucard that are. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they kind of they they pair off all these sluts for power hoes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I can't say I don't agree with them. <laughs> like, I mean, it was kind of the power dynamic between Kel or not Kel between Lila and Alucard that I I was really into because she was gonna like fuck her captain. Oh yeah, and then it yeah. got tra- and then it got transferred onto Re and it got even better even I think. hotter yeah <laughs> i was like he tells the prince that he belongs to him and i was like that's a <laughs> i was like i was like captain my captain yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh captain oh my, my captain okay alucard says something like because lila's like well i'm not gonna call you master and he was like oh saints no that hasn't that doesn't have any place except in the bedroom yeah that was okay. like a little that was like a little drop yeah like, out of nowhere like it was like kind we of... knew you were a dom alucard yeah, that was, <laughs> that like, was like the face. most that was like the most like explicit thing that in the book yes right? <laughs> was yes, like referring please. to the bedroom like that's what yes. i mean about this like it's not very explicit but like you know things are happening but that was like okay yes <laughs> we oh, know no, where that's... you are in the <laughs> in the bedroom Alucard. like now that you say that like just this reference to the bedroom it really it you i really remember like when last week when you were talking about how it reminds you of like a victorian novel and in that sense it kind of is in the way that they're just kind mm-hmm. of dancing around and flirting and like not really approaching the sex scene it is kind of mm-hmm. still staying within this like georgian context right of like writing style yeah i suppose yeah much to our chagrin. No, I, I I can see that for sure. Like you've got, yes, you've got like the long drawn out like courting period between all of them. You have the dance. Yes, you have the dance. The um, fight. The the oh. duel or whatever you know the right. 
God, they should have had a duel. They is there going to be a duel, Talon? Tell me there's going to be a duel between Alex. I'm going to close my eyes, just like indicate visually indicate. Um, God, I hope so. Okay. So, also, I'm going to struggle every time I start to say her name, but Ochka? Yeah. I kind of loved her. She felt like in, like, a spy movie when you have, like, the really sexy assassin who follows around the villain. Like, that's literally what she was. Definitely. She's, like, a dancer who specializes in killing with knives in the dances. She reminds me of the girl from Blade Blade Runner. Oh, yes, absolutely. The, 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 um replicant yeah she's super cool she just has this like kind of one track mission that i love you know yeah Yeah. just very focused and the mission is pretty much just fuck the king (laughs) i love it i mean it's a good mission at the end of the day because she means she straight up worships him she (laughs) there's the times when he's like in her head and she's like comforted by that she's like she's like she's like you know the the sub clearly yeah but yes. like gets dom out of it like she's gets like really What's the, she gets, feels like a, a lot of bomb. power out of it yeah yeah absolutely i just liked that they brought in that element because mm-hmm. white london like holland on his own isn't evil and the shadow king is evil but like not necessarily creepy but like ochka like kept that creepy element to white London that I really yes. love mm-hmm. because everything's growing back. It's beautiful right. and fertile and fecund. Yeah. Everyone, and everyone's pooping fairies and burping <laughs> butterflies. <laughs> They're working their way to black London status. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then you've got Ochka who's like still creepy. Like she's got the black eye now, but it's bleeding out into her hairline. And like, that's such a creepy image. Yeah. She's a little yeah, unhinged. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. I imagine she looks super badass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of... Did you guys ever see... Um, oh, what was it called? The Spy Who Dumped Me? No. That was a really funny one. It was a comedy with uh, yeah. Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon. But there's like this evil Russian former gymnast become assassin character in that. And that's who I literally pictured in my head. Just like with long red hair and like the black eye very like i don't know kill bill or something yes yeah 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 all of her scenes were great yes yeah i feel like the book really picked up like the second half yeah Mm -hmm. when the game started things took off for sure that being said i still i'm still bitter at how long it took lila and kel to meet back up i know i know it did take a long time so yeah i was thinking they're gonna get there faster yeah yeah and i mean they're it's just fireworks when they're together so it's kind of frustrating Mm. because i'm like i want them together like yeah i don't have to wait so long they finally meet up and they immediately just make out so hard that they don't know where one starts and the other ends. exactly and then they realize that magic is real (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's when they realize magic magic is real they (laughs) spend the entire book thinking about the other person I know. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Sorry. It's so frustrating. Frustrating yes. is the word for yes. that. Yes. Sexually um, frustrating. Yes. 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 And then emotionally too, because there's so much buildup with like him being like, but I pushed her out of my mind. 
and feeling so betrayed and like abandoned by her. And then her like keeping the box and she's all like, it still smells like him. I I'm like, know. girl, that's not normal. <laughs> Roses. That's not platonic. <laughs> well, I have more of a serious topic. Oh. Yes. I felt like there was very much the going back to kind of like the 18th century themes, right? And obviously Melissa, I know, knows the works of Wollstonecraft, but I know Taylin, you like study her and stuff. And I wrote my dissertation on her. So I know, so I know we're all big a couple of things. Let's for Wollstonecraft. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. Well, um, that's been established. Yes. Yeah, so so now I feel like this is the crowd to talk about this but it was like i felt like there was a big theme with lila kind of walking away from her old thieving kind of world and that kind of being synonymous with like necessity and like always surviving and needing to get like your basic needs met right and um like the last book talked a lot about like her surviving and then kel being like the one that's trying to like run from death but she's just like living right but like i think this one especially with holland and that scene when he is magicking white london and all of the people are like super excited and like rejoicing because now they have it's not like he's just like raining food from like <laughs> yeah you know it's like he's giving them like a sustainable way of like surviving in the future like there's now palpable earth all of these things so i definitely felt it in that like it wasn't a band-aid it was like a promise of like sustainability mm -hmm. with lila like her finding that she wants she still wants to thieve like she still wants yeah. to steal and stuff because she wants to like get like something from that but then like there's this passage where it says like people either stole to stay alive or to feel alive and then she said, like, I wanted more, wanting an adventure. She used to think that if she could, she stole enough, that would fade, but the hunger would go away. But maybe it wasn't that simple. Maybe it wasn't a matter of what she didn't have, of what she wasn't, but what she was. Maybe she wasn't the kind of person who stole to stay alive. Maybe she did it for the thrill. And that scared her because it meant she didn't need to do it because couldn't justify it. And I thought that that was, like, really... It just reminded me of like kind of the Wollstonecraft Rousseau like idea of cultivating rather than staying in this world of just like constantly surviving. Then you realize like that energy can be directed towards something that like moves you forward in the world so that you can learn more and like experience more. But I was like, I was like, oh, like this is like literally what I put in my dissertation of just like cultivate like there's like this direct theme that like this yeah. like journey that lila was going through which is very 18th century i would say <laughs> i did i liked Absolutely. i was i was gonna bring up a passage too specifically because she has this revelation after she sees like alucard's like real life mm -hmm. the fact that he's like the, the lord of a family mm. he's not just some guy who thieves because he doesn't really need to right he just enjoys it and she liked that well and she kind of Im imitates after him too like she really wants to be yes him. she loves his like masks she talks about like the theatrics of the different personas that he puts on and she she really enjoys that 
part of him. She kind of competes with him. Yeah, exactly. And so then after she finds out how he has this, why he is the way he is, she's worried that she's not going to, she's worried that she's like going to fall back into doing this for bad reasons. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's like, it's a very open-ended thing because at the same time, what are her actual skill sets? Because you you think about like, okay, yes, you don't have to do it out of necessity. But then if you stop thieving, what do you do? Your Mm -hmm. job up until about 12 hours before this was literally a thief. Well, and then there's that moment when she's like, oh, she saw herself surrounded by like luxury rather than like dusty, like dingy pubs or whatever. It's like she's she's realizing that like the places that she's in are a little bit more like luxurious and does that change what she does? So she's kind of seeing herself kind of elevate up into this like higher class, whatever world. And how does her like the way that she gets through life kind of act in that. Mm -hmm. But which is of course, like extremely, I guess, juxtaposed Mm -hmm. to like the people of white London who are just grateful to have like, you know, good soil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like and, it was, or, yeah. for lack of a better word, like it was like groundbreaking for them to have a garden, like a real garden instead mm-hmm. of a garden of statues of people that had been killed. Yeah. Well, and I loved the imagery of like the river being their like source of life, but it was like still, I never really got yeah. that. I never, it never really registered to me. Until it was starting to, until it was flowing in this book. And then you're like, oh, that's like their source of energy in life. Kind of touching back on a conversation we had in the previous episode, like the ethics of closing the doors and everything. I feel like that really ties into this conversation because the main issue is that she's thieving in a new London. She's not like, like, yes, she is slightly better. She's improved her skills. But all of these improvements in her skills and in her, like her standing are 100% because of the new London that she's leaving in. She would not have had this opportunity in mm-hmm. Grey London. Yes, exactly. Like she's, she's elevated herself from the Grey London to the Red London. Yeah. And, or like moved through, I should say. And it's kind of changed her perspective on like, what it is to live in luxury and what it is to live out of necessity. And so she's starting to kind of like push her buttons. And this is like what happens, like the, like what happened to me when I started traveling and it's just like, Oh, this is how other people live. You know, it's like, or you just kind of, you're open, you open your worldview, I guess. And so then her actions are. Yeah. Like (laughs) living in necessity in red London puts you at a higher standing than it does in yes. Grey London. I think she's having to come to terms with that. That's like one of the other culture shock things that she's having to go through because mm-hmm. she's been honestly not having that many issues yeah. <laughs> for somebody who's in an entirely new universe, basically. With entirely new skills and, yes. I mean, magical skills, you know. Yes, learning she's like a triad. Well, an Antari, but thinking for most of the book that she's a triad. And kind of touching on what we talked about last episode about like objects, like there's a moment when she leaves her pistol because she's like, what do I do with that here? Yeah. Because that came from Grey London. So it's like the symbol of like Grey London. And she's like, well, they don't have bullets here. I don't, I wouldn't even be able to use it, but she treasured that thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like definitely like kind of a a symbol of her like closing that door of that life. And now she's kind of figuring out how to be a thief for good. That was another thing I, um, a thief for good. <laughs> that was another thing I realized about like magic was that she, and this is where it like gets really political. And I love that her like character and her philosophy is very political because yeah. she is like heat costs money, food and shelter costs money. But when you have magic, it doesn't. And yeah. she's like thinking about magic as this like really positive thing. And then you see this thing in uh, white London that happens and it's like magic can be this good thing. And of course you guys are like, they shouldn't like close down black London or black London because it has power. Like it's like magic is good and it's about the wielder. Right. But yeah, I really liked that. It just became very like political in that way. That, it almost like, makes me think of like what would happen if, if like they helped Grey London remember. Yeah. Well, because Ned, bless his heart. I, I know. love Ned. He's adorable. <laughs> he is a he, good little fluff character. They he finds out he does have like a little bit of magic. I love Ned. Yes, he's he's adorable. And Kel's like scared because he's worried. As much as I love Kel, he does kind of get really egotistical a few times he's like did i change the entire universe <laughs> i'm like if you did it was meant to happen you are not that special like right you are not that much of the chosen one um because <laughs> there's very like he he kind of he has that moral conundrum when he runs off to gray london and because i guess going back again to like the fixed points and there's like this kind of underlying theme of like fate like how much are him and lila fated to meet each other by those standards, like him and Ned were fated to meet each other. He recreates this like little game box for memory and then buys yeah. it because he's super rich and uses it. Like you can't say that was all coincidence in, at least in the context of this book. No, definitely not. Because it's always, it's already established that like things are meant to happen this way. So like yeah. hell, like open your eyes a little bit. You, <laughs> you were meant to do that, but I do like what you were saying, Bethany, about like the, you have to pay for heating, you have to pay for this in Grayland yeah. and this and that. Because even now, when we talk about like universal right to certain resources, it's like a human right to do things, you know, to, to have access to specific things like water, like we need water to live, mm -hmm. yet we pay for it. And so people who can't pay for it have to get less than good water simply by the fact that they were born into a specific financial situation. So in the same, like same vein, Cal goes to that whole moral conundrum when he's mm -hmm. considering Holland in book one, where he's like, I could have just as easily been born in white London. So it's definitely something that Schwab is like intentionally yeah. throwing in there. Yeah. Because Lila could have just as easily have been born in Red London and Kel could have just as easily been born in Grey London. And they would have been completely different people. Mm -hmm. And it's, of course, as you say, Bethany, like a very 18th century question. Like, what what are what rights are or are humans like allotted? Like what you know, like this kind of idea, like Rousseau and the social contract, like Mm -hmm. you know what resources should we be allowed to have what what is property what is possession mm -hmm. like you know if 
if we're like working kind of to have our own freedom and together, like that's kind of like a very 18th century, like thought that was, that was happening, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think well, like the thought of like charity. Yeah. Like the, the notion of like charity during the 18th century that would pop up. I think especially, about... I guess, especially with Lila, cause she doesn't like charity. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I think about quick sidebar. I yes. think about that conversation in our class a lot. Oh yeah. Cause the whole class was, the whole class was on charity and she was just like discussing it in a very like academic very like mm-hmm. not like a very like in-depth political or philosophical like, way applicable okay, she was yeah. like historically right this is like what charity was and we were like but charity is a superior it's a like, superiority it doesn't yes. exist in Exchange. like a vacuum yeah no. it's existing because certain laws are putting in place yeah. that make people who have nothing have yeah. to need something like yeah. it's not because uh, yeah it's like an unfair system and then the, yes. and then the savior complex of feeling yeah. good about giving and that i noticed and- that too when i took the charity class the savior <laughs> complex was big maybe it's an yeah. american thing it i think it be. was a i think it was a a brit probably a british uh nobility thing maybe <laughs> um, um but uh but to kind of tie it back in is like i feel like lila is this like running political like philosophy you can't because, escape with her character yeah. because she also talks about like she is the because i was getting a lot of like you know the 18th century was also about enlightenment and the individual and she is this individual going through yeah. and like and she's self-sufficient, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. she's independent and she, I, and she sees like the possibilities that magic could offer to people. Yeah. Cause she's literally stepped into a new London and, and has been enlightened by what magic can do and, yeah. and how to use the magic, which is what kind of like Wollstonecraft, like elevated, which was like, how do I direct these passions rather than it just being like, absolutely you know squabbling with <laughs> the other like yeah. townsfolk it's, it's more about like how can i make how can i make this into like something that could be good and positive yeah and it seems so clear in like the first book at least that like and maybe even in this book as well that i think like kel really takes magic for granted i feel yeah. like i feel mm-hmm. like he doesn't appreciate it he just like expects he knows how good, like he knows how how good he is at magic and how much better he's than everyone else. And I think you know he expects everyone else to just kind of like either be good at it naturally the way he is, like with Re and when he's trying to teach him, or he just doesn't appreciate how good he has it. I think sometimes I would mm-hmm. argue that his attitude changes in book two, but that's only yeah. because he almost died. Yes, like, absolutely. I'm definitely saying it's definitely like more yeah. of a, a growth for him, and probably yeah. because Lila is helping him see it in a new light and the fact that the stone was this product of bad magic yeah and then lila still sees good in magic lila comes from this really dark place and thinks magic is like this like you know she comes from a very dark like london scary and you need to survive and then she comes to red london is excited about magic and kel's just like no 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 no, don't touch that you know he's just (laughs) such a worry wart (laughs) yeah well yeah yeah he, i mean he's kind of justified because she nearly kills herself during the games so there are la- like so 
tying it back to Taylor and what you had said about like charity being like, it only exists because these laws exist to make it a necessity. Yeah. So kind of re- like reaching back into like the series, there's like laws to magic, right? And so Red London literally created the, like the environment where Grey London is suffering. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so now when you go back to the, the Kells panic that he like screwed up Grey London by bringing back magic, even though as Master Tyrion says, it's there. It, it may be weak, but it's there. It's almost like, like you said, like a nobility thing where it's like Kell thinks that they shouldn't have it, which is kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Because as Ly- as we've seen with Lila, they would thrive, like they would take off. And as we see with like White London, they wouldn't suffer quite as much if they had the magic that was inherent before. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like an extreme of the other yeah. side too. Like, you know, you think mm-hmm. like the the idea of black london and the what was it called like the war yeah i don't remember you know that had but yeah the war with the mat the magic war <laughs> yes <laughs> for lack of a better word but um like that he did he did see that or learned that mm-hmm. like he does have that education he knows what can happen when you open the floodgates and so there's definitely like a balance that needs to happen yeah. And that's kind of one. Side. So Kel has kind of a justified perspective on trying to limit magic, but also Lila is a good balance of being like, no, like you don't know where I came from. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, Cause like they do talk about how balance is huge, which is like mm-hmm. balance is like the number one rule to magic, which is why Lila screwed herself up so much, but keeping magic from gray London isn't balancing the system. It's just like it's ruining them. Like it's, it's soggy and it's and, literally like, imbalancing the yeah, system. Literally. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So everyone was just summing up <laughs> for me because I skimmed the last like half of the book, but um, Re like kind of almost dies. Yeah, and I I have my very clear opinions on Re. <laughs> But I don't want him to die, obviously. Like, I don't hate him as a villain. I just don't really trust him. He's a really good character in the way that he, like, makes things interesting and, like... Yes. Good side character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good side character, yes. Yes. Compelling, like, dynamic. Like, you're not sure if you trust him. Yeah. Yeah, multifaceted, like... Yeah. And it would have really sucked if... They went through all of that just yeah. for Ray to die all over yeah. again. And so, because, okay, so, I mean, my biggest plus for Ray is how much he loves Kel. Mm-hmm. And the scene at the very end when they're, like, searching the garden, like, Ray is so scared. He's so yeah. scared that he's just lost his brother again. And then to immediately start feeling that wound again, the, the stab wound in his chest, like, I cannot imagine how terrified he must have felt. Because I'm sure he was probably thinking it was happening to Kel. Yeah. Not that it was like the recurrence of his old wound, which we that know. That would have been my my first thought if it had been happening to me. I would have thought, yeah. this is what someone is doing to my brother. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Oof. Scary. Yeah. It's 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 a kind of a sad ending. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
it, exactly as you say like do we go through all of this do we see all of you know kel and Ree's kind of their journey through kind of like having to deal with this their emotional journey and kind of like the difficulties um like being of being connected do we have to go through all of this and see them like you know ultimately see re die yeah for no for no reason and for kel to like feel less than for the entire book to just consistently be shit on by the people that consider themselves his parents or that like mm -hmm. conned him into believing that they were his parents and it's like what's going to push him into lila's arms harder you know yeah yeah and then also what's going to push him into this con so much easier like they yeah they conveniently played him right into ochka's hands she didn't even have to try which to me is like you would think that they would try and manipulate him more yeah they're not doing a very good job of trying to get their like like to keep their fangs into like kel to yeah. keep him around they're literally pushing him away it's like it's like when the parents just don't know how to raise teenagers like yeah. you don't tell them not to do something like you just exactly. don't do that so yeah. it's like when you like when you tell someone to like stay put don't do this it's like stay in here and it's like well okay now he wants to go like he doesn't like yeah that. now he's itching yeah. yeah and and i felt like they i felt like the king and the queen were like really like one note characters obviously they didn't have a lot of depth or anything i just felt like they could have worked harder to like try and like manipulate him like emotionally because yeah. he's like an orphan like that's how yeah. hard is that like, <laughs> oh my God. i need a mom i need a mom and pa yeah. they're my Mother only mom. all the way um yeah. also he only did it because of the way that they had raised the boys so he like he he did it because he loves Ree because they were raised as brothers and he didn't want to live without his brother right so and you, i do you convinced yeah. him of that they yeah. would not have done that otherwise and you're punishing exactly. him for it you're punishing him for doing something that was that maybe not him. by like magic law the right thing to yeah. do but like anyone who has like a sibling that they love that much would have done the same thing morally like yeah. i think because of their relationship the relationship kel had with re they didn't have to do any manipulation that was a manipulation yeah. for sure yeah like they tried to use re yeah to to manipulate manipulate him and that they just got angry that it played out in a way that they didn't like yeah and then so. ochka just came at the in, in the opportune <laughs> time she yes. did she was watching yes. she just did her little flip and just landed perfect <laughs> nailed it um yeah so quite a cliffhanger yes i'm gonna be honest like i already started reading book two or book three because I, I mean, I only read like the first chapter. I was like, I just have to like see this scene finish. Yeah, yeah. It's not really incomplete. Very clear. Yeah, cannot cannot end on a cliff. No, cliffhanger. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's how they get. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I only did it though because I actually have book three, um, but I couldn't sit on that cliffhanger. It was yeah. It was rough because, I mean, that's that's how I know that it wasn't Kel's wound. It was Ree's wound. Yeah. Hmm. But I did, I thought the same thing. I was like, so worried <laughs> for what was happening to Cal. Yeah. I was like, this is just not going well for any, anybody. Like what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah. <laughs> even Holland, like yeah, Holland, we lose Holland just... there at the end. Um, yeah. And I, 
there was another point when I thought maybe it was going back and forth between Holland and I'm gonna I think it's like the Shadow King or something like whatever yeah. his name is Oseron. Oseron. Because of the in the beginning, Holland had had this line where he talks about how when he was under the control of the Danes, it was his hand doing the cutting, but it was by their will because it was like the binding and everything. But now that he was semi in control of his body, it may not have been his hand, but it was still his will mm. because oh, like that Oshka was such holds a... the knife. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That was a really good like moment. Yes. Yeah. But then later when he's like testing something with Ochka, he does it kind of without her consent. And that's when I was like, the Shadow King's really getting at him because yeah. mm-hmm. this is, I and mean, this was near the end of the book too. So it's probably like a, like 150 pages, 200 pages later. And I'm like, two days ago, you yeah. were talking about how you love having agency over your own body. Yeah. And you're just like not caring about this girl. And it really isn't in Holland's personality. Yeah. He's never, yeah. he's never actually had agency over somebody else let yeah. alone himself yeah. that it yeah. seems so out of character for him to like yeah. force anything so then yeah you know it's osiren or whatever his name is yeah we're getting to some some really deep uh personal waters for, uh, uh, for i do yes. i do want to take a minute to go over black london a little bit there wasn't a lot of glitter no, no was nobody sad. nobody bur- but i was so butterflies yeah exactly that no yeah that was now no that's unicorns. now white london um yeah black london was like i had such a strong image in my head from her description of just like this perpetual sunset and then yeah. just black line you know of yes. landscape or like yeah. city like it's like mm-hmm. everything's black and then just like glowing sky it's really cool i wish yeah. we got a little bit more of that because it was super cool like, it was brief yeah yeah, yeah. It the like constant sunset, really dark setting reminded me of just like general post-apocalyptic or like vampire takeover mm-hmm. where like the sun's setting and everyone's freaking out because they have to get to shelter. So like it kind of had this like foreboding, even though it was like eerily beautiful, it still felt unsafe, which it was yeah. because Oseron was there. But I, I liked that. I liked that it was kind of it wasn't scary in the way that you would have expected. Yeah, it was like, ominous. It's sort of an unsuspecting kind of, yes. yeah, ominous yes. is a good yes. term. I think that's the best way to describe describe him in this book. Yeah. But, yeah. There, but then the sunset gives you this sense of like, well, hope. Yeah. Right? Like a sailor's delight is what I was like seeing. It, you know, like, yeah. oh, it's going to be sunny tomorrow. Like It's kind of like dark like Green London, but like has mm-hmm. this kind of aspect yeah like yeah. the contrast the contrast yeah because even then like white london didn't have that no. it was just all dead it's like super pale sky yeah it was ominous but then there was this like weird sense of cheer above yeah <laughs> like almost like you know um you know like when you're not in the city and you look up in the sky Yes. Like when you're out in the middle of the country and you look up at the sky and you realize there's galaxies, <laughs> like you can literally yes, like, see them. That's yeah. like what I was kind of like, whoa. I'm kind yeah. of excited to see is do, I want I want something more to happen in Black London. Do I need to cover while you guys like while we dish it out? <laughs> oh, 
I'm not giving out spoilers. You guys, your listeners will have to wait for the next uh, for the next podcast. The next okay. installment of the, the next, next installment. Yeah. The next recording. I want to rule Black London. <laughs> Very, it's empty, which would be nice. Right. It's yeah. just peace and quiet. It's just crickets. It's easy to be, you know, emperor when there's no one. When there's no, when there's no one, yeah. <laughs> it's me. Yeah. I mean, there's you're not wrong. Crusoe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Last thoughts. Man and his island. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I liked it. I was excited to see more of everything. And I feel like we did. Yes. Like we got to see the sea. Like we got to see like the privateers, I should say. Mm-hmm. Not the pirates. Um, we got to see a little bit of a ball. We got in court intrigue, I would say. Yes. <laughs> oh, definitely. You know? I like that they expanded the magic. Because mm-hmm. there's the parts when they talk about how they use magic to make the games possible. And then like the, the fight scenes and everything. Yes. I like that we get to see magic be used by people other than Atari because yeah. like, of course the Atari are going to use it like amazingly. Yes. But like the, the trick with the circles to like blast this, the voice, but it doesn't just go into the stadiums. It also goes into the taverns. Yes. 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 There I really the... love, Oh no, sorry. Go for it. Oh yeah. This is just, uh, cause in book one, he gets the music box and he talks about like the lengths that humans without magic will go through to like create pleasure yeah and so like red london is so far advanced technologically because they don't have to create the technology yeah i love that i absolutely love yeah. that but yeah. cal kind of like he loves the artistry right and the effort yes. that goes yes. into the, the stubborn effort that goes into yes. like human made objects because i mean there is something so human about wanting to carry that with you absolutely if we want to go real deep it's like it's it's his like love for like who Lila is because Lila okay. is that and he yeah. just yeah. she she has to work for what she wants mm-hmm. even if it is thieving it's still an art <laughs> yeah. it's still like work and that's what White Linden is like I feel like him looking at that music box was like it made a lot of sense that he would that then meet like Lila mm-hmm. from Absolutely. like Grey um, I would say that like something I really enjoyed was going beyond the Londons, like the world building of getting to see yeah. kind of like other nations. I think mm, that was mm-hmm. actually really great. I didn't think that it was too much at all. Like, yeah, I think if you were to tell mm-hmm. me like, oh, this book has four Londons plus other nations, like I might be a little intimidated by like jumping into a world so big. Yeah. But I think that it was handled really well. And I really enjoyed learning about like, like just seeing how like, the different like nations had it was like almost like it reminded me of like the goblet of fire and harry potter when we yeah. have like the uh, yeah you know, the, the other schools come into town like it was really fun yeah. to see some of the different like people and like how they dressed and what their customs were and how they approached magic or thought mm-hmm. about magic like where they're kind of like um myths and foundational kind of like beliefs in magic were coming from i thought that was really cool yeah like the veskins yeah. were the mountains exactly pharaohs were a little bit more um like harder to read but they like it was all about like their dress the way they presented themselves and they felt like magic was in everything which Mm -hmm. was explained well yeah it actually is (laughs) like okay yeah cool yeah just how everyone's like different ideas of it are yeah i think she balanced that really easily because 
we just kind of like touch the other nations. We don't yes. necessarily have to yeah. travel through them. So we aren't learning necessarily to yeah. new things. But when you bring them to us. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the title, the title is called A Gathering of Shadows. What does that mean? Because I was told that the sh in the first book that the shadows were literally the group that wanted to like kill the royals in Red London. And so I'm thinking like I was waiting for that to like kind of present itself but it didn't so remember when i well when we talked about it a few days ago i kind of talked about how like book one and book two seem like they're just like one really big plot like book one or sorry book two and book three book one is like definitely one succinct yeah like, storyline book two very cleanly leads into book three as we kind of discussed so i like that it's a gathering of shadows and then a conjuring of light like they're kind of a two-parter like we get like the right, dark absolutely. side like the dark buildup, and then we're just I, I assume we're gonna see the play out of that like the, so do the you, fallout of all of the buildup in book do two. you think the ga a gathering of shadows is referring to kind of like white Lo or um white london i think so and like black london i think it has a few different meanings because like it was holland like... and o Oj Ojka. yes Ojka. Oh, <laughs> yes <laughs> um because you've got that which is white london gaining power now because of oseron and and his issues and then you also have just hell and re like getting really depressed like emotional shadows also like they don't know how to deal with that's kind of how i viewed it it's like kel and as even lila like lila's kind of dug herself into this hole with the magic that she's doing because she doesn't know what she's doing and she's kind of hurting herself yeah. So everyone's everyone's like self-medicating in some way in yeah. really not healthy ways. And I think we're going to see the fallout of that in some positive and negative ways in book three. And so that'll be yeah. a conjuring of light as I'm getting over that. It's definitely foreshadowing. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm excited what to see what a conjuring of light brings. Well, I can promise you guys that it will be nonstop action. I know this, oh, this one was a lot of exposition and planning out, kind of showing like showing where the characters are at emotionally and in their relationships. And I think it was all very important for this, for this final book to kind yeah. of work. Okay. I think that's, I think that's the end of, of this episode. That's it guys. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of yeah. Course. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming back again. Of course. I yes. look forward to um, coming for the final installment as well. Yeah. You're a busy yeah, girl. So we're always <laughs> excited to have you on. Yes. <laughs> Um, so then join us next week where we will talk about book three, uh, Conjuring of Light. And where can you find us, Bethany? Um, on Instagram at in bed with books pod. Nice. <laughs> got a good, uh, I had to be, I had, to, I had, I couldn't do that seriously, you know? No, it's fine. <laughs> so yes, find us on Instagram. You can listen to this wherever you're listening to it right now yeah. or you can change it up listen on spotify apple Podcasts, youtube, YouTube Google. i think honestly i think this this might be our first video episode yeah Yay. so if you want to see our beautiful faces then very you're, you already YouTube. have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. if you haven't yet and you'd like to uh then check us out on youtube yes all right have a good week happy reading happy reading until next time Bye. Bye.
I like messaged you and I was like, I want to fuck Alucard. And you were like, <laughs> shut up. I haven't started the book yet. <laughs> oh. And then literally like later that night, I was like, I too would like to fuck Alucard. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's definitely your type. 